Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us from preschool to teen. This is the show where we help you feel better about the mom you are and share our own parenting tips and personal stories. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 110 of the Mom Hour. Hey, I don't have to say 10 and, or try to figure out 106 anymore. Whatever <laughs> We're that was a track. real problem for me for a while. <laughs> I'm Megan Francis here, as always, with Sarah Powers. And today we're doing something we like to do every now and then, and that is take listener questions and then offer our, our humble advice, yes. such as it is. Yes. yes, our so, solicited advice. It's not unsolicited because that's true. I'm actually exactly asked weird. us questions, <laughs> right? We didn't make this up. People actually write us and ask those questions, and then we do our best um, to answer those questions honestly and you know carefully and you know helpfully. We'll yes. do our best. That's we all do. I can say. <laughs> Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah. And for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle. Whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. 
All right. Should we get into this? Let's get into this. So um, our first question comes from Marianne, and this is a really, I think, a timely one. We're we're right in the middle of summer right now, but gosh, school starts earlier and earlier in a lot of places. And what I'm finding yeah. is a lot of people are getting their teacher and classroom assignments before yes. they even finish the prior school year. That's new to me. Do your kids get that? Like, do you no, know who ours, your teachers our, will be next year? No, we won't get that for another month or so. Right. Um, yeah, so ours comes a little closer. But, you know, in Michigan, we don't start school until later than a lot of places, too. We don't right. even start till September. Right. So, yeah, we won't get our assignments till like, the end of, you know, like, mid to end of August. Well, so we have a while, but it's definitely on my mind already. Yeah. it's important. Definitely. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and read Marianne's question. Um, but, again, I do think it's timely as we head into the next couple of months. This is going to be on a lot of people's minds. So she writes, have either of you ever requested that one of your kids be moved to a different class or teacher in school? My daughter will be entering second grade in the fall and so far has had two wonderful teachers and she really loves school. We have a great elementary school and principal, but there's one second grade teacher that has been there a long time who many of the parents at the school do not speak fondly of. Of course, that is the teacher my daughter got assigned for second grade. My personality is not typically one that would put up a stink and ask for a change, but I'm so worried that she's going to start not liking school this year if she doesn't have a good teacher. I'm hopeful that maybe others haven't liked her because she has high academic standards. I think I can deal with a teacher that is difficult academically, but I don't want a mean teacher. Have either of you had a similar situation? How would you handle it? Okay, I can answer this from a lot of personal experience. Great, go for <laughs> on it. Both, yes, on both sides. Okay, so the first thing I'll tell you, Marianne, is my, in my experience, the teacher that everyone else doesn't, you know, grumps about is not, you're not necessarily going to have that same experience. And that mm-hmm. happened to me four or five times with teachers who would, you know, the, oh, this is like the mean teacher. Or this is the awful one. And, and then my kids did fine in those, mm-hmm. w- with those teachers. It was not a problem. So I've had it on both sides where it's like, I kind of had a little bit of nervousness or a little trepidation. And then my kid really clicked with that particular teacher. And for whatever reason, these other parents, uh, you know, didn't. And I think sometimes you have to consider the source. Sometimes I look at who's saying something and, and I wonder if their values are the same as mine, if what's important to them is the same as what's important to me, if their kids' personalities and mine are similar. Like, right. those are all things I like to think about while taking someone's opinion into account. However, I did have an experience on the other side where, um, I'm just going to say it because I'm sure she doesn't listen to my podcast. Clara <laughs> had a teacher at one point who I hadn't really heard much about because I didn't know many people who'd had her. And uh, she really had a tough year. And I'm not going to blame it on this teacher, but she had such a good year the year before. And she would say things to me like, why would they make school so great one year just to have it be so terrible the next year? And part of that is Claire's personality. She worries. She's very anxious. Um, She's really concerned about following the rules. And there were things that, you know, happened in the class that she just couldn't she really just couldn't relax in that mm-hmm. classroom. And I really went around and around because like you, Marianne, I'm not the type to make a stink. I usually just try to let things go and see if we can make it work. And it just wasn't. And so what I ended up doing, I didn't ask to change teachers because I, I, this was a few months in when I could see this was starting to happen. And I, I wasn't sure that that would be the right choice at that point. Um, but I did write an email to the principal and the school social worker and this mm-hmm. and the teacher and just said that, uh, Claire was having a hard time, and then we sat down with um, the social worker and the teacher and kind of talked about some strategies for making it better. And to be very honest, it didn't get a lot better. Like the at the year ended kind of on a sour note, and so I was really proactive at the end of that year and went to um, the principal and the social worker and asked specifically that she be put in a very specific class the next year. And I kind of, the attitude I sort of had was like, look, I really took one for the team this year because at any point I could have raised a big stink and I didn't. And in retrospect, was that the right choice? I don't know. I mean, I think Claire's okay now. Like she got the teacher that she had heard from her brother was great. And she was convinced if she didn't get this teacher, her, you know, second grade year was going to be a disaster. And then she got the teacher and has loved school ever since. So a bad year, a dip doesn't, isn't something that can't be overcome. But I think if you see it going South, do something. Um, I am the type who would let it play out though, because like I said, with my other kids, I've definitely all had teacher assignments that other people have thought were bad ones and they've done absolutely fine. So you just don't know until you see that particular teacher and that particular kid together. I also had a weird experience where I had a teacher, um, who had a wonderful reputation and then one year just her and it was Jacob just did not mesh. They were terrible. Mm -hmm. It was really bad. And I was like, what, why does she have such a good reputation? And then 
Now two of my other kids have had her and it's been great. So I don't mm-hmm. know if she was just having a bad year, if they were just a really bad match. I have I don't know what happened. And yeah. you can't always you can't always um plan for that. I just stay on top of it, ask lots of questions, mm-hmm. be proactive. If you don't you know, if it doesn't really go well but you don't think that yanking her or demanding a change is the right choice, there might be something else that you can do. So exhaust your options, but I wouldn't exhaust them all at the beginning. You know, I'd like pace them out a little bit. Yeah, I totally agree. And unless there's, um, okay, so I was thinking as you were talking and just what I could add to this, but it is interesting that they've gotten their assignment in the summer. And I think like (laughs) if my personality who likes to plan on the one hand, it would be so great to know what to expect all summer. On the other, now you have this less than ideal assignment and all summer to think and Oh yeah, exactly. How's that going to go? Yeah. So I'm going (laughs) to agree with you and say, excuse me, that I don't think I would request a change before the start of the school year or even really spend much time worrying about it for all the reasons that you said, Megan. Um, I love a couple of things that you said I want a second. And one is if you have a personality like yours and mine and Marianne's that isn't going to want to raise a stink, you're probably also a really supportive and involved school parent who is in general supportive of teachers. And this is something we've touched on quite a bit in this show. Um, I will say that that can border on accepting teachers role kind of blindly. I know I'm someone who I always looked up to my teachers and even as an adult and a parent kind of almost give more authority than sometimes um, is appropriate because teachers yeah, are no, fallible. I know that Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, absolutely. they're a teacher, so yeah. they must know what they're doing and they've gone to school for this. And they Well, do you have right. that thing where you can't call teachers by their first names? I mean, I have a real authority <laughs> complex when it comes to yeah. teachers and I have a hard time seeing them as my peers, which is what they are. You know, they're in a professional environment, and, but they are my, my, you know, partner, not just my... Like, and just like uh, ruler. Uh, right, exactly. And just like in any other profession, there are outstanding ones and there are marginal yeah. ones. And I think it's taken me a few years as a school parent to even be willing to admit that a teacher might not be great. And I know that sounds right. weird because there's so many parents who are quite critical of, of teachers and give them a hard time. And I almost think Marianne is probably more like you and me, where we err on the side of assuming if they've been hired and they've been there a long time, they must right. know what Somebody they're doing. Somebody vetted them. So for me, it's <laughs> right. been actually a process to get to the point where I even admit that there are some crappy teachers. And you guys who are teachers out there, you know how supportive we are, but you also know in your own profession They're not not all excellent. Now, having said that, we know that just like you said, Megan, we don't know about how this personality match up or how why the experience of people who've said that she's not that great, why that even happened. So I just want to say that it's okay to assert yourself or to even give yourself permission to say, you know what, I don't think this is a good fit. And then the things that you the action that you actually take, I think, Megan, you did a really good job of articulating that so I won't add too much more. I will say so we're at a school that's brand new was last year was its first year in existence. So there was quite a bit of uh just growth, new school growth. You know, there was a little bit of teacher turnover in the first few months. There will be quite a bit I think between year 1 and year 2 and um I really was very supportive of the administration and of the teachers we had. Um, Allegra's class had teacher turnover, a a brand new teacher in the first three months, and both classrooms had turnover with the assistant teacher. So I feel like, um, like you said, Megan, you didn't make it, you didn't cause a big deal when Clara had that one teacher. And I was the kind of, kind of the same way. I just kind of stayed the course. I didn't say that much. I, I kind of feel like that gives me a little bit more credibility for this upcoming year to say, you know, I'm really, it's really important to me that my kids get this teacher or this teacher or that they don't get this teacher. So it's almost like the more, the more, um, go with the flow and supportive of the school you can be to a point really does, I think, put you in, in the right place to then when it, when it is important enough to make a request, I do think the principal should hear They'll you. Take Does that it. make yeah. sense? And, and like I if think you're the do. parent who's always yeah. asking for a change yeah. or for a teacher request or for, you know, then, and you guys know who you are. Maybe that's you, maybe that's not. But we know there are parents like that who are at every turn, they're asserting that it's important that this X, Y, or Z happen. If you're not that person and, you know, you really are in general supportive of the administration and the school, that gets noticed. And then if it's time to say, you know what, this isn't working and this is important to me, I really do do think that will be heard at a different level than if you're always that one parent. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's your currency for sure. Um, And, you know, and 
the squeaky wheel gets the grease, but sometimes yeah. wheel, when wheels just squeak all the time, yes. <laughs> they don't sound so squeaky. Like yes. it sounds a lot squeakier when I, I don't think anyone was really expecting me after having that many kids go through the school without with nary a peep, you know, yes. for me to step forward and say, Hey, this is just not working out. I think it was taken a little more seriously. Yeah. Um, and I had a long history in the school and that's right. not going to be everyone's position. You can't just make that up. It doesn't just happen. So if, if it's your oldest and they're right. already having problems, it might just, it might take you getting in front of the principal and just being like, look, I'm not just, um, I'm not just griping just to gripe. Like, you know, this is what's happening and, and really kind of just like show your human side that this isn't just like you coming, um, down on this teacher, but this is you really having serious concerns for your child. And I think when I got in front of this, the social worker and was actually teary, like had a hard time keeping my voice steady. Mm -hmm. I think they took me very seriously because at school, the thing to remember is that at school, your child might be completely different than they are at home. So Mm -hmm. they kept saying, well, she's fine at school. She's fine. And I said, you know, she comes home and falls apart. You're not seeing it because she's holding it all together. And then she's coming home. But let me, I'm, you know, when I tell you this, take me seriously. So, you know, so there's just, there's all kinds of factors, but, um, yeah, I think that's all really a good point, Sarah, that if you choose your battles wisely then you can fight them better and, People will maybe listen to you a little bit. They'll just give it a little more credence, what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think it sounds like Marianne's, I I don't know this for sure, but I got the impression this is her oldest child. So second grade is just a couple of years into being a school mom. And I just feel like like everything else, it gets a little easier and you just feel a little more confident in where what to do with all this stuff yep i totally agree you know you see you start to see that one year never doesn't usually make or break anything anyway and one teacher isn't going to make or break anything but you also get more confident yeah in in figuring out what does matter and then speaking up about it so can i say one more thing about principals because this is um being at a smaller school and a new school um, I had so much more contact with our principal this past year than I did in my whatever I'd had three years at a couple of other elementary schools before that. And um, just like we say, teachers are people too. Principals are actually people too, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed getting to know our principal. I think I was so intimidated by principals. We were at really big schools, so they just seemed so busy, like they would never know who I was. But along the same lines of choosing your battles, um, if there's something positive you ever wanted to say about a teacher or a program or the school, you can can shoot the principal an email. You can ask the front office if it's not a public email address. Um, I feel like that is a relationship that's harder to build. But Megan, I'm sure you know, like having been at schools for years and years and years, right. it is actually a relationship that is worth building. And um, just like we said, that if if you have sort of put in a little effort to get to know the principal or to share when something is going well. Like any leader, they always hear about the stuff that's not going well. They very seldom hear about, you know, what is going well. So it's, right. I think that's worth putting a little attention into. I've really enjoyed getting to know our principal and um, it, it can, not that this is the reason you do it, but it would pay off if it were time to have a serious conversation. They'd know who you are and they'd take you seriously. Absolutely. Yep. All good. Good stuff. All right. Okay. Can we read the next one? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Um, this one is from uh, Dania, and this is a question about physical fitness and health. And then I, I love this because we don't feel like we address this as much as we could necessarily. Because yeah, after a while, it's like, what more, what more is there to say except take care of yourself as best you can and yeah. you can't be good but to yourself. I, I like but the there is she, more to say. Yeah, I like the way she asks this question. Can I also really say that Dania is um, an American living in Milan? Oh, uh, I We hear from international, international is, people. Yeah, yeah. She's um, from the U.S., but living in Milan right now with okay. a one-year-old. Well, then I'll imagine her in some, you know, exotic... Uh, I don't know, poolside situation (laughs) while she's typing with models surrounding. Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay. So here's a question from Dania. How have you achieved your personal balance between empowering yourself to meet your fitness and health goals, if any, and loving your new wonderful life giving body? She says she loved her episode on postpartum bodies. Just interested in tying that to fitness specifically. And we should throw out a a call out to that. What was that episode number? Do you remember the episode number? But, um, We'll link to it in the Yeah, we'll link to it. And if you go to the mom hour, it'll come up. Um, I'd be curious to hear your process to find your place of balance. Everything from the mental aspects of considering your needs and priorities and examining your thought space to the practical aspects of scheduling and childcare to make things happen. Has your balance or approach changed at all through subsequent pregnancies and the adjustment of additional children? 
I feel like I'm just settling into a routine after that I'm happy with after many months of trying different things. It would be great to hear your experiences and thoughts. Now, first of all, I will say that is a big topic. Yeah. <laughs> it would, you know, that's why we did a whole episode on it. Um, but I like that she's I, asking, I think, I think most specifically about fitness routines and finding the balance between accepting that maybe you're not going to get back to your pre-baby yeah. body, but a fitness routine is still an important part of self-care. That's sort of yeah, like absolutely. what yeah, I'm Yeah, I totally see it. Yes. Um, so I guess, Sarah, do you want to tackle sure. this first? Yeah, okay, I'll, go ahead. I'll start. And I feel like longtime listeners, you've probably heard us talk about this in different ways on different shows, but I, I didn't have any kind of a fitness routine until I can tell you exactly when we joined our gym after moving to California, which was like two, a little over two years ago, but my oldest is nine. So for like basically seven years... I went to an occasional yoga class. I I was so active running up and downstairs and chasing small children that I didn't have one. Um, I didn't struggle with my weight, although Don't I forget did. about breastfeeding. Yeah, breastfeeding. Yeah, <laughs> Eating not up 500 calories a day. Yeah, I mean, and not you know. sleeping, not having any reserve energy. Now, I don't recommend that. Um, I think. <laughs> You know, I really don't. But I had three kids in five years. Um, we didn't have a gym membership at that time. I lived in Arizona where half the year it was prohibit- prohibitively hot to be, you know, to go for a quick run. But I- I'm still not saying that's a good way. I'm just saying that if you if that's you and you're in that season, someday you may have a regular fitness routine. Um, I did have lower back problems that I've had since my early 20s that would flare up every once in a while. And my lower back flare-ups are directly related to being strong in my core. Now, that doesn't mean I have to be at Pilates every day. It just means if I'm if I'm sitting for a long period of time or doing a lot of unhealthy bending and straightening, like picking stuff off the floor, maybe you you know yeah, do we, that I when you have do that small children. Um, so I would have those back flare-ups like maybe two or three times a year, pretty bad, like having to lie down for a couple of days and just, you know, having to cancel everything, you know, pretty bad. Um, I will say now that I have a regular, very light, regular fitness routine, my back is amazingly good. So that's, that's a direct correlation. Um, in terms of finding, finding the balance between not being too hard on yourself, but also making fitness a priority. Um, for me, I think the easiest thing is to lower the standard of what, daily fitness looks like. So in other words, if I'm okay with a 25 minute walk, I'm more likely to do that four or five days a week than expecting myself to go to a 90 minute yoga class that's only offered these three days and I've got to get to it all three days. So um, that to me is more helpful. Now I will say, I feel like I'm entering a time where I kind of miss the feeling of being really sweaty and really exhausted. And like, that was like a hardcore workout and I haven't really wanted that in a long time but it's because I'm more rested now like mm. I'm my fitness level in general is better than it was a few years ago because I do do regular walking or light weights or whatever so I don't know does that kind of set the stage for you I feel like you have yeah. a longer time period to kind of talk about um, <laughs> how this has played out for you well this has gone up and down a lot for me so um where I am now I'm the heaviest I've ever been, you know, outside of pregnant or newly postpartum. Um, I'm also starting to find myself being okay with that. And I think there's like, there is a struggle because part of me is like, oh, if I could just like shave off five pounds, all of my clothes would fit better and I would just feel better. Like I just, there's things that I can already tell, like aren't more difficult necessarily. I'm just not as comfortable in my clothes. It's like, Mm -hmm. they're just, they're tight Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I don't want to go up a size because then they're going to be loose. And I'm like in this weird little in-between spot right now. Um, So it's not like I never think, you know, gosh, I'd like to be more fit or I'd like to be a little thinner or something like that. Um, But I'm also, you know, I think there was a long period of time. I had kids really young. So at any time I theoretically could pass like for a person who was, really young without kids. Even into mm-hmm. my mid thirties, people would mistake me for being in my late twenties all the time, mid twenties even, and being thin helped. And so there was always this feeling like maybe if I, if I just maintain this, um, you know, maybe I can be the best shape of my life this year, or maybe I can maintain this and I can just keep like passing for this age. And I'm kind of at the point now where I'm like, eh, do I need to pass anymore? I mean, do I'm not trying to pull off anything that I'm, I'm not trying to look 10 years younger. I'm not trying to be anything I'm not. I just kind of have to get comfortable with the body mm-hmm. that I'm in. 
We are welcoming back Ritual as a sponsor today. Megan, we both try to make healthy choices, but you know, sometimes it's tricky to sort through fact and fiction when it comes to supplements and vitamins to figure out just what they're doing for us. That's why I'm glad Ritual keeps studying their products and sharing the results, especially as it relates to women, since women are the focus of all Ritual's products, including the Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. And the results are super reassuring. Just as an example, Ritual conducted a university-led clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin, and it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin is made with high-quality and traceable key nutrients in clean, bioavailable forms with nine key nutrients in two capsules per day. Plus, they are leading the industry when it comes to sustainability. They use lower carbon packaging and prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients. That kind of thoughtfulness really matters to me. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash the mom hour. Start Ritual or add the Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash the mom hour for 25% off. Megan, our sponsor, Carnegie Hall Kids, is a free website for kids ages 5 to 12 to learn about music through fun games and quizzes. I'm really excited to tell everybody about their new Sights You Can Hear quiz. This is really cool. It's an online quiz you can do with your kids or they can do on their own, and it plays a piece of music, and then you guess what visual image or scene it sounds like. Our listeners may have heard the name Carnegie Hall because of their live performances, but they might not know about all the educational resources they also have for kids and families on their website. Carnegie Hall Kids ignites imagination in children, offering activities that both encourage musical curiosity and develop knowledge of musical concepts. And did we mention free? If you haven't yet, you're definitely going to want to check out Carnegie Hall Kids Interactive Musical Explorers Around the World Map. It teaches kids different musical traditions like Vietnamese folk, cumbia from Colombia, bluegrass and jazz from the U.S., and more. Start the musical journey early and go to kids.carnegiehall.org to check out fun, child-friendly games and quizzes. That's kids.carnegiehall.org. Now, how do I balance that with wanting to be healthy? That's the challenge. And Mm -hmm. I think... I think where that has to be, and this is something I logically knew in my 20s and logically knew in my 30s, but was been really hard for me to accept until quite recently is like figuring out what am I doing it for in the first place? Am I doing it because I want to have a hot bod? That's Mm -hmm. different than if I, because I'd probably be doing different stuff. Like if I just wanted to be, if I wanted to drop two dress sizes and, um, and look great in, you know, like booty shorts, right? (laughs) Then I'd probably honestly hardly be eating using like supplement shakes. At this point in my life, this is the kind of stuff I'd need to do. My metabolism is not where it was, right? Right. I'd have to like give up wine. I'd have to work out daily and it would have to be like hard, sweaty workout, not just a couple, you know, walking around the, you know, walking 20 minutes or whatever. So I'm trying to reestablish what is it? What is the reason I'm doing it? And I think the reasons I'm looking at now are I want to feel strong. I want to be flexible. That's mm-hmm. something that I underestimate sometimes. Like when I haven't gone to yoga for a while and everything hurts and is tight. Mm-hmm. And that can happen pretty quickly. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't take that long to yeah. tighten up. Um, so being strong and flexible is, are really important to me. And having some stamina mm-hmm. is really important to me. Mm-hmm. And looking good is like fifth on the list. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's like it's important, but it's not it doesn't trump everything else. And so you know, what else is also important to me is enjoying myself and Mm -hmm. having time to spend doing things that I want to do, not just Mm -hmm. things that I do because I'm trying to force myself into a smaller pair of jeans or whatever. So, um, I guess that's where I am. And like with you, what you said, Sarah, is if you know, you can meet those goals. I mean, I could meet those goals. If I walked four days a week for 25 minutes and went to two yoga classes a week, Mm -hmm. I would feel good. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, if I want to look a little bit better, I'm going to have to add on maybe a strength training class. Right. And maybe one of those 25-minute walks is going to have to be a run and something yeah. like that. And maybe I'm going to have to be more careful about what I eat. And that's where that balance is. Because yes. the, the walking in a couple of yoga classes is easy for me. I've, it's it's right. part of my routine now. Um, my kids are older. It's easier. I yeah. join a yoga studio that has classes all the time. That really helps. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it's like, I guess now I'm in that position where I just have like, almost like every choice I make, like, so does this, is this worth, (laughs) is looking a little bit better or dropping a few pounds worth that trade off? And I feel like I change my mind on that daily. Like it doesn't go away. It's just less present. It's not so close to the surface for me anymore as it was for a while. No, I think that's, Um, I think that's super helpful. I also think, um, just going back a little bit to Dania's question, I think in her email she said her daughter's 13 months, and she's also asked about subsequent pregnancies and future children. So yeah. thinking back to you know those years where you know your body's going to change, it's easy to get into this feeling of like, why bother? What's the point? <laughs> why right. bother if I'm going to be pregnant again in six months? Like, what's the point? And I think a lot of what you just said even though you're approaching it as being very done with children and, you know, having more years behind you um, in yeah. of those pregnancy and stuff. Um, it's kind of the same thing, which is why what's important at this time? Is it to have the energy to keep up with, with my toddler? Is it to have the mental health benefits of a little bit of exercise every day? Is it to if you do struggle with weight gain, is it to keep yourself at a healthy weight so that a future pregnancy comes at a healthy weight instead of starting overweight, you know? So I think looking at that um, and just just expanding it so that it isn't just about size. And we talked a lot about that, I think, in our postpartum episode. The other thing yeah. I want to say that you and I, neither of us train for things or do nope. <laughs> like boot camp challenges, but that's not to say that that isn't um, an option if you feel like you need some external accountability or also if you feel like you want some social aspects. So I know the Stroller Strides, which is now called Fit for Mom, there's um, those programs probably not in Milan, but in so many U.S. cities. Um, and having that, having a community that's a little bit social in addition to the fitness aspect, I think is so motivating for a lot of people. And just because you and I haven't gone that route, I, I don't want to skip that. Um, yeah. And then the, and I, I can even link to that because there's, there's, um, fit for mom um, communities in so many, so many places. Um, So if you haven't, and that is, if you're not familiar, it's, um, it's resistance and cardio and strength training using your stroller and your baby. So you don't need childcare. Um, And then finally, I just got an Apple watch. I was never um, into the Fitbit thing, but any kind of tracking, whether it's just in your journal or if you use a Fitbit or an Apple watch, um, I think anytime we're aware of our patterns, um, it can inspire some just small incremental healthy changes. And that's with everything from, I mean, these with apps and stuff. I mean, you can track everything from how much water you're drinking to how well you're sleeping to, you know, your movement and exercise goals. So um, I think that's another way to just if if you want to be balanced, which I think is what Dania is asking, if you want to be moderate and balanced about mm-hmm. this and be forgiving and accepting of yourself while still keeping an eye on basic fitness, I think some of those things can can help, whether it's an old fashioned journal log or something like a Fitbit or I it's kind of fun on my Apple watch to see, you know, to put it on when I go for a walk and see, you know, see that activity tracked in that way. So those are great suggestions. And I think one other thing that I would add, and I think this becomes really important when you have limited time, um, when you know, you're not like you said, you know, you're going to be pregnant again anyway, so you're not going to necessarily get a, a visible result that you want. Um, it's a just do stuff you love, and they say that, yeah. and it sounds. And man, I went back and forth with myself about this, like, but I don't like to exercise, so I don't <laughs> like any of it. But the truth is, I love hiking, I love mm-hmm. kayaking, I love stuff that ha- is outdoors. I really enjoy yoga, even when I go to a class where I kind of want to kick myself halfway through. I know yeah. you've all been to the class before. Where you're like <laughs> on your thirtieth, you know. Um, Chaturanga, and you're like, why? Why? You try not to look at the clock if why? there is one. I'm like, yes, don't look exactly. at the clock because I'm going to be so disappointed. Exactly, if it's only half over. But I always feel so good at the end that I'm glad I did it. And then there are other exercise classes I've been to where I don't feel good at the end, and I'm not glad I did it, and mm-hmm. I don't want to go back. And I really have gone up and down trying to force myself into something I don't enjoy. Uh, and it doesn't, it'll, maybe you'll get a couple of months, but it's not going to last. And yo-yoing is no good and being all over the place is it. We all know this. It's not, that's not how you create lifestyle changes that last. It doesn't mean you stick to the same workout for the rest of your life. You need to mix things up. But I just, I do think there are, um, I do think you have to kind of do what you love and, and find ways within to jazz it up a little bit. Like, for example, you know, we've both talked about how we don't train for things. Like I don't, yeah. I would probably, I just don't see myself ever doing a, a 5k or 10k unless I 
like walked it just for fun. I wouldn't train yeah. for it. Yeah. But I was thinking to myself, if I wanted to get really good at like rowing or something, mm-hmm. I could see myself doing that because I enjoy yeah. it. So it's a little bit different. So maybe there's something competitive or social that you could do that's not the typical running race yeah. or not the typical thing that you hear about or yeah. I don't know, isn't a kickboxing class or whatever. Yeah. Um, be, be, uh, take, take the time to think about what that might be. Try some different things when you can. And just keep in mind, like you said, I, I really think that the main thing is why am I doing this in the first place? Yeah. And if you keep the why in your head, you'll figure out the how. And more lower easily. the bar. Lower the if the bar is so high that you're not doing anything, lower the bar, because yeah. that's that all or nothing mentality is easy to get into. And yeah. if you know, like just one last quick tip, if you're a lot of moms walk a lot anyway, depending on where you live and like what your daily lifestyle is. I I find something sometimes just putting on workout type clothes and saying this is my exercise for the day even if you're just walking to the same park with your little one that you go to every day yeah. you know you maybe you pick up the pace maybe you drink a little more, more water when you're done i mean there's there's such subtle mind sh- mindset shifts that can i think help help yeah. so so for me like i'm growing my hair out if i get up in the morning and put my hair in a ponytail i am more likely to go for a good walk it's just as <laughs> dumb little thing but like I'll be like well my hair's already up I might as well go you there's lots especially when you have little kids and like yeah. everything is a big ordeal and yeah. everything is a production yeah having your pants already on that you can walk in or having your hair up I mean it just it sounds dumb but it's like one less obstacle yeah so make it really easy on yourself too as much as you can and if you're a stay-at-home mom that's you know you can just live in athleisure wear yeah Yep. So do it. Yep. That's why that's why moms though. do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Well, hopefully that helped. Um, and yeah, I loved that question. Great, great um, continuation of some of the others talking we've done about that. So, all right. Well, I will set up this last question for today. And this comes from Janine and we're going to play Janine asking her question. She sent it in, in audio format, which you can do anytime. Um, most, fo- most smartphones just have a voice recorder. You can just record yourself asking a question and email us that audio file to hello at the which is what Janine did. So I'm just going to go ahead and play her question now. Hello, my name is Janine and I have two little girls, ages three and three months. And I was wondering how you deal with anxiety related to your kids' physical safety and well-being. I see a lot of news stories and hear stories of tragic accidents and kids getting hurt in car accidents or falling downstairs or falling out of windows. Um, I watch my girls very closely, but I just have this great fear that something really bad is going to happen to them. And I feel like we don't do a lot of things or go a lot of places because of that fear, um, because I know what could happen and I don't want it to. So I don't know how much this is because my girls are young or if it's just part of being a mom. Um, So I was just wondering if you've dealt with this and how you have handled it and how you make sure that you still let them live um, and experience life even if situations might be scary or have something bad could happen. Um, Just how you dealt with that. Thanks. Okay, Janine, I just want to tell you that um, if you listen to the show for any length of time, you probably know that I am fairly relaxed, but even I had a lot of weird, and mine were like weird worries (laughs) when my kids were really little, especially. And my sister and I, who is also, my sister's very relaxed as well, has talked about this, how her, one of her big worries, like she would have anxiety attacks, imagining one of her kids crawling into an abandoned refrigerator. Wow, that's um, really specific. Super specific. And how many places do you even see abandoned refrigerators? But right. I had similar weird things that I would get really worried about that weren't even in, within the realm of reality. And I think that's so easy to do when they're little and helpless and you're like literally keeping them alive every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it's a huge job. Um, and I think that's pr- that's normal like to have those worries is normal and I think for myself the place that I would want to start and Sarah I mean, you could probably speak to this better than me just being someone I think who probably worried about more. real things yeah <laughs> more than me no, and I think um, I think we all know that I worry more than you do in general yeah, as a yeah. personality trait yeah yeah so I think that the the, the thing that has always helped me is to understand relative risk yes. so oh yes things like car seat like a car seat um, situation has always been way more important to me than something like uh, a child falling off of, um, you know, a toddler slide Mm -hmm. because those are built with extreme safety standards. They're Mm -hmm. built for toddlers. Like there's just, you know, you really look at things side by side and you look at the relative risk of those two, of those two things. It's pretty easy to start seeing that 
a lot of injuries that you hear about are outliers. Um, yes. I also want to talk about the 24-hour news cycle. Yes, please. <laughs> and that is, you know, basically we have these 24-hour news stations that have to have something to put on the airwaves. Mm-hmm. And so when something... Um, really bad and weird and unusual happens, it almost seems like it happens more. Like it gets Absolutely. more, it gets more uh, play. It gets more people talking about it. Did you know this? Did you like, I never thought about it, but oh my gosh, I'm so lucky. Like I've heard parents say things like, you know, I just feel so fortunate that that's never happened to my kid. And you're like, well, actually the the flip side is true. Yeah. Like the other person was extremely, like incredibly yeah. unfortunate. It's not like we're lucky that our kids are alive. It's basically that anybody who's has something really bad happen is on the other side, like extremely unlucky. So I think sometimes like looking at that way can help a little bit. Yeah. What do you think, Sarah? Yeah, I have lots to say about this. Um, first of all, Janine has a three-year-old and a three-month-old, which in my mind is tells me you're getting used to this idea of having two kids, which is like mm-hmm. a huge world shift. A three-year-old is getting much more independent and possibly more brave, and you're no longer able to protect, quote-unquote protect. I'm not sure we can ever completely protect right. our kids from this stuff, but you're having to let go a little bit of being able to protect the first child because now you have also your attention's divided. You have this new baby. Um I think it's really natural to worry. Um, The part of Janine's question that I want to talk about a little bit is saying that she finds that they're not going out and doing things because of this worry. And as someone who has dealt with worry and anxiety, that to me is the point at which, not like I'm not being an alarmist, but it's the point at which it's worth examining where is this worry coming from and what help do I need right-sizing it, like you said, with relative risk? And by help, I don't mean meds or therapy necessarily. I mean, what what can change about the information I'm taking in and the people I'm surrounding myself with so that caution can be part of how I parent, but worry is not dominating. Worry is not keeping me home with a new baby and a toddler. Um, because that's the point at which I feel like Janine's not going to enjoy and experience this time the way she might otherwise. So I have a a few ideas on that. One is reducing, like you said, the number of alarming news stories that are coming in. Um, I think the click, so you mentioned the 24 hour news cycle, the, the, print side of that or the I guess you would call it the web the digital side of that yes the Facebook side of that the Facebook (laughs) side of that is that news outlets and websites make money when people click on their links so just like you said Megan there is there is a corporate strategy behind alarming you and getting you to click on those links and you do not have to accept that and um, I I would venture a guess that Janine has enough safety information as a mom of two young kids to not need to look at any of that for a while um, you're not going to miss anything like if there's a product safety recall or something that um, safety experts change their mind about your pediatrician will let you know or your friends will let you know mm-hmm. I would take I would take a scorched earth um, approach to really re-examining what you're reading and clicking because that is such a contributor to this. Um, I had my babies in Arizona um, where pool safety and drowning is a huge. I mean, there are there's drowning stories like literally every day in the news, and it is it it's it can be all consuming that concern. Yeah. Um, I don't think I don't know that that's gonna magically fix everything, but I think it's a huge contributor. The other things that I think can positively help how you are able to kind of, I don't know, contextualize this worry, right-size it maybe is what I mean, is um, take a look at the people you're hanging out with and the types of families. Um, As someone who is a worrier, I benefit hugely from being around people who don't worry. Like, I mean, Megan, Mm. you and I, like just even whether it's in our business or like with our kids, I really benefit from being around people whose overall personalities are just a little less anxiety prone than mine. Mm. I also think if you are hanging out with parents who have multiple kids who are a little bit older than yours and just seeing firsthand, what is it like when somebody breaks their arm? What's it like if somebody falls off a trampoline? What happens if, you know, God forbid, you lose track of your kid on the pool steps for a second, they go under and someone has to fish them out. I, I mean, honestly, it sounds it sounds like a little bit of exposure therapy. And I think I think that's what it is in <laughs> yeah. a way. It's it's being instead of seeing things on the news, it's sort of um 
coming to terms with that these small incidents and accidents happen in everyday parenting life. And the worst case scenario, the awful, awful scenarios that we hear about on the news are, like you said, Megan, they're the most extreme and rare cases. And in fact, we have many close calls. Like I have had, okay, let me list a couple. I have had a kid fall all the way down a flight of stairs in our Arizona house. We had, it didn't have a landing. So it was one full flight of stairs from second floor. It was carpeted, carpeted, but it was long and it was steep. And I had one, probably two-year-old fall all the way down, hit a nasty bump on his forehead. And I look, I watched him carefully for signs of any other concussion and he was fine. Um, I have had that moment where I've been in a pool with a bunch of moms and little babies and someone was holding one of them and they kind of wiggled away. And for a second, it was that like horrible moment for a second where we looked around and fished a toddler up from the bottom. Um, And again, we, we were really, we were cautious and we made sure that there was no secondary drowning and we took all the precautions, but it was okay. Um, I've had a kid break a arm in a bounce house. I've had a kid break an arm at a summer camp. I feel like the more small accidents and incidents that you have either in your own family or your friends, the more uh, normal is not they kind of inoculate you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's that, okay, these are things that are part of childhood and they're not fun. They can be really scary and I don't want to diminish that, but they are not all the things that you see on the news. They're actually much more, um, kind of every day than that. And yeah. um, if you haven't had anything like that happen and you're really isolating yourself at home or you're only hanging around with other moms with similarly aged children who haven't yet gotten hurt, um, it just it's so easy to go to the worst place scenario in your mind. <laughs> yeah. Does that make sense? And oh. and you know what? I'll, like and, and this again, hopefully this doesn't cause more anxiety because <laughs> that's totally not my intent. But I'm just look, while you're describing these things, um, Sarah, I'm thinking of two things that happened in my house. I accidentally whacked my like two month old baby's head into a door frame oh, because yes. I was just, you know, how you're like walking yeah. fast and I just, t- I turned or something and whacked his head really hard. My sister-in-law fell up the stairs <gasps> at my house holding her baby and like yeah. he catapulted out of her arms, like flew across yeah. the room and hit a wall. I mean, <laughs> this stuff happens like people Babies are human. fall off the changing table and off the bed. Right. I forgot about those. We're clumsy, you know, we're yeah. kind of clumsy and, and babies are slippery sometimes and wiggly and things happen. And it's like, you, you can't always predict for it. You can't. It's and I don't want to say like, I know you can't. I'm really glad that you weighed in because for me, my response is just to kind of like, OK, it's not happening. Like kind of, you know, just make it go away in my head, which I right. think I'm just better at than yeah. some people. Yeah. Um, it's just a skill of mine. But I do think that, you know, if if you try to control for all possibilities and potentialities, you do end up kind of locking yourself, like painting yourself into a corner. Yeah. And and. And I think that as your kids get older and they're going to need, and we've talked about this like in our free range episode and stuff, they, they need to learn how to calculate risk. Yes. And all these little things that happen to them when they're little help them do that as they get older. Cause the last right. thing you want is to protect them so much that then the first time they walk to school by themselves, they just can't handle it or they yeah. don't know how to get there or they're yeah. afraid to cross the street or whatever it is. Like being comfortable with a certain amount of risk and being able to assess risk makes us safer. Yes. Oh, um, and that I, is yeah. a learned thing. It's like a, that's like a tweetable link. I mean, that's oh, it is. Phrase. I wish I remembered exactly what I said. I'll have to go um, back. And yes. We'll transcribe that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Janine also, you know, surround yourself with moms of all different kinds. I, that's something it's like one of Sarah's mantras on this show. Um, being around families and, community of all different kinds is so, so helpful, I think, both for the two reasons I said. One, you'll see moms who are really laid back about safety stuff, maybe to the point where you're almost judging them and you're like, right. why isn't her kid wearing a helmet? I, I have had that judgment myself sometimes. But the the wide spectrum of where people fall on how they protect their kids and observe safety precautions, I think, is actually really good to see because if you only rely on like the printed warnings on packaging, which is like the scariest, or the clickbaity headlines, it just seems like you're never supposed to leave your house. When, right. in fact, there are families out there, you know, scraping their knees and swinging from the monkey bars and going on trampolines all the time. And I think um, the real world is more comforting than what we are 
what we're given in the media. So I don't know if that kind of wraps that one up. But I think that totally wraps um, that one up. I just also have to say it is not easy to admit that you are experiencing worry of that nature. And so I really appreciate that particular question. And also I know that for every Janine, there are listeners that we have that are not comfortable saying publicly on a podcast that they're struggling with worry or anxiety. So thank you. You probably helped somebody. Um, And if it feels like this worry is dominating too much, talk to your doctor or your pediatrician, either one about, you know, whether this is like in the range of normal. So absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Janine. Was that it for this episode? I I think think so. So So we actually collected a whole bunch of listener questions recently. So I think we should do another one of these soon um, because we have some. So if you sent us a question and we didn't take it today, um, it's not like it doesn't go into the, what do you call it in writing? We didn't throw it away. pile or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? I think, what do they call it when like they, on the cutting room floor? Yeah. 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 It didn't like, it didn't get rejected. (laughs) We just started with. We haven't got to it yet. And we'll do some more. Um, before we wrap, just a quick reminder that you can get your Kind Snacks variety pack for $10, and that includes free shipping by going to kindsnacks.com slash themomhour and try all those yummy, healthy snacks for yourself that we talked about at the top of the show. Um, anything we talked about here will be at themomhour.com. This is episode 110, and we will be back with you next week. See you then. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction, and Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%.